welcome to another episode of Ryan's Method Passive Income Podcast. Here's your host, Ryan Hogue. Hey guys, thanks for joining me today. I'm sitting here with Robert, the launch dude who has sold an incredible over $10 million in hats, in print-on-demand hats, right? Yeah, uh, well print on demand by or, or e-commerce, but so yeah, it's not, hey, not really so on demand for more, more in bulk, but yeah. Got you, man. I, I saw your video titled, I sold over a million dollars in hats and obviously you've, you've, it's more than a million at this point, but, um, right. I've been trying to get you for an interview for a while now. I'm glad we got to sit down <laughs> and like, I would love to hear your story. You know what I mean? I love asking people really just how they got started doing what they do. And if you want to take it back to kind of what you told me you were doing nine to five and how you kind of grew out of that. Yeah. Job, I love that. Absolutely. Yeah, I started, uh, I graduated high school in 08. Uh, I went to a technical college, got my degree in uh, computer programming. So a two-year degree. And right out of college, my first job working for the Department of Defense uh, for like an Air Force contract. And did uh, did software engineering for about 10 years. Um, and towards the end of that, you know, I've worked several different jobs. Uh, at the last one, I was on the team that handled fulfilling and uh, shipping out of like hundreds of thousands of medications per day at like a, ph- a mail, or- mail order pharmacy. So lots of robotics and automation that goes on there, but seeing the scale and how quickly they could ship out at that many orders per day was just like, just mind blowing how much money was out there for that type of stuff. Well, it's the whole insur- insurance and medication uh, industry is buku bucks, but Mm-hmm. Uh, d- after that, that's actually the job I was working at when I started at launch. Um, but I was, um, always doing stuff on the side, whether it be trying to figure out how to get other projects to build like websites or e-commerce stores or something for other people just to bring in a little extra money at home. Cause I was bored and I, I always wanted more money to afford more cars cause I'm a car nut. Uh, I think it, like, as I was starting the business, I think I had like five cars. So like zs6 corvette like two bmws and a jeep like i'm just an idiot always overextending my finances so always looking for more money to afford it um and that's when i started you know stumbling through e-commerce for myself instead of building someone else an e-commerce store i was like well maybe i should just try doing something myself and at that time uh teespring was like pretty new and had just come out and uh the marketplace wasn't wasn't too crazy saturated um but since I was a car person on and Facebook specifically, I was in all of these little segmented groups of people that like Mustangs or Corvettes or any of the cars that I actually had. And since I was a member of those groups, like kind of was a great case study for someone that knows what those people like. And I would just go make some shirts with something that resonated with me as someone that owned a BMW that was staying away from trademark issues. I made it a very generic shirt design. Um, and then posted it in the group, you know, made like $2,500 in my first 30 days, just selling shirts, doing nothing other than creating designs. And that's when I'm like, well, I like hats, but there's no website that I can do the same model and put it on a hat. And that's, that's where I got the idea. Um, and when I first started, I was outsourcing the creation of the hats uh, to someone else and then got the bright idea to buy my own machine, do it myself to cut them out to save me some money. And so that turned into about two and a half, three years of doing a day job as a software engineer to a at night, two to three, four in the morning, stitching hats and sending them out every day uh, from my house. 
Um, and can I tell? I, can I interrupt and just say? Yeah, I'm gonna go plug, I love the video you put out where you basically told the story. Um, I believe it's the one that I'm referencing. So I think I'm gonna watch a couple of your videos, but uh, you did yeah. a great job telling the story. So I will link to yeah, that at the top of the description. Sweet, thanks, man. Yeah, we we there's about three or four videos in there that kind of it rehashes the story kind of a little bit differently. Um, you know, I'm still new to YouTube. I'm still trying to figure out the best way to tell my story for the algorithm to like it and for people to want to watch it. Uh, but you know, hopefully, hopefully this uh, this plug will help with that. Uh, but we'll see. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a journey, man. And uh, we after starting it in the basement and doing that that grind for two to three years, I. I made the decision in uh, early 2020 to get it out of my house. So COVID had just, like just happened and there was a lot of places that I saw coming up for rent. And one was really close to my house where there's an insurance agent agency that just started up. It's a little tiny building and it, like, the price was cheap because he was subleasing it. So it was just the perfect opportunity to get it out of my house and hire a part-time employee to start making hats for me while I was doing my day job. And that was kind of just like a huge explosion moment where I realized how powerful getting help is uh, in the business and delegating tasks to allow me to focus on sales, marketing, and writing code to grow the business. And that, and since then, it's just been consistent, just explosion, explosion, explosion of growth. We're at 40 employees now. Um we have a shirt business and a hat business, two separate locations, all running on custom code that I've written myself. The entire operation is running on our own proprietary code that no one else has. That also allows us to do as much as we're doing right now compared to a traditional mom and pop embroidery shop that's trying to process orders. Like we're all automated. We don't have code. We don't have any paper. We're all computers at every machine and very, very tech focused here. So that's a 30 second overview of where I started, how I started my background and you know, kind of where we're at now. Yeah. That's so crazy that you wrote all that. I didn't realize you, you wrote the whole like infrastructure too, man. You must've went to a yeah, good two year college. <laughs> everything. Well, good jobs, honestly, like getting exposed to the, all of the different, uh, I mean, I I've done stuff. I've done helicopter maintenance software. I've done the stuff for the previous job for medication and shipping out medications and uh, with the robotics and automation and PLC controls and all that good stuff. Um, and then uh, iOS and Android apps, like I've wrote phone and mobile apps, like the, just the changing jobs every two years as a software engineer is really good because you can get thrown into different industries and different projects that you normally wouldn't have exposure to. And I highly recommend that if you are a programmer, except if you're the ones that work for me, because I want you to work for me for a long time. So don't quit, there please, you if you're watching this. Um, I mean, there's only one of them right now. So, <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, it's, uh, yeah, the experience of being exposed to how the world works as terms of technology is, has helped me grow this thing as quickly as I have. Yeah, that's incredibly impressive. I, I know I speak for everybody watching. They're like, okay, wait. So now I know how this guy's so successful. He sounds like a genius. <laughs> uh, I'm not though. Um, in terms of yeah. like, so the average viewer of the, of my channel too, like they are, I would imagine kind of like following my approach, which was, I found out that I could outsource fulfillment. So not exactly yeah. as you do it, although I would like to know more about it, you know, what it, what it entails to, to produce a hat and ship it out. But like, what, right. what would you be able to pass along to the average person watching? And I mean, be genuine. Don't, don't tailor your answer to them based on what they know. Like if they should pivot to some other model in oh, your opinion, sure. like, yeah. that would be great to share and, and just learn more right. about it. 
I, uh, and before I even started doing this, I mean, I, I was, I was looking for a, a place to do the fulfillment for me. Like I didn't want to do it, you know, but after noticing that if there wasn't a solution or a good solution, if there was, I saw that as a giant hole that could be much more profitable than just only doing the sale and paying someone else to do fulfillment. So it was kind of like a, like a, like, oh gosh, you know, I, I need to get in here because there's no one else doing it. And I'm like, well, I can get Mr. Beast on my platform. I'll do fulfillment for him. But like, cause I was going to be the drop shipper for everyone else. And after, so after uh, that's how I started it. And like, I started the business and I was selling just like kind of my own designs using it. And then people would just organically see my posts linked to my website, selling my designs in, in on Facebook. And then they would sign up and upload like their cornhole or their, uh, you know, their sporting team hat, and then they would go and sell it. So we were just getting like organic. I think at the time we got up to like 300 designers on there just selling random hats. Right. And I was doing these hats and it's like one hat at a time for one person. And then I think someone that I was friends with on Facebook, like they wanted a hundred hats for their business. And I, I processed that hundred hat order for that one person, you know, I realized it's just me in my basement doing all the work. And I was like, holy shit, this is so much easier. So that's when the business pivoted from print on demand and doing that model. to I'm just going to focus on getting bigger orders and America's small businesses all across the United States. Because if you look at how many businesses there are in the United States and you being online, there's just hundreds of millions of them. So like the potential customer base is just freaking massive and everyone needs good high quality branding and we only sell nice hats here and nice shirts too. Um, but that's that's how I started. But there's there's absolutely nothing wrong with not owning the actual production and manufacturing of it. As long as you are actually sourcing good products and not just drop shipping shit from China. Yeah. That's that where I draw. And yeah, you're going to be in a cesspool of selling the same product everyone else is and then moving on to the next one in 30 days. So I have a video on my channel on why I think dropshipping sucks. Uh, but like, there's definitely a correct way to do it. And that's aligning with a good vendor and a good partner and actually getting the products yourself, using the products yourself and, and actually knowing the product before you start selling it. Cause it's really hard to sell something that you don't actually believe in yourself and know is shit yourself. Uh, so I, I, I'm the huge proponent of finding a product, even if it's already sold, but if it's doing well in the marketplace, find it find the manufacturer yourself and improve it. So make it your own and like brand it, do your own branding and actually make it better than what's out there. And then you don't have to even worry about saturation because you are the better product. Now you might have to run some ads and do some selling yeah. to make, to show why it's better. But you know, hundred percent of the time, I think that's going to be way more lucrative and it's going to be more of a long-term approach to success versus changing to a new product every 20 to 30 days like most drop shipping stores do. So that that's my quick rant on on the drop shipping model, but it's definitely like the value that you you will learn from learning how to set up a set up an e-commerce store, how to set up ads and run ads. That is like super super valuable information. And if you can even sell one product running an ad and get a sale off of that, like you're on to something. And that is that is some skills that you know you could really you find the right product you can just kill it because you already have the baseline knowledge on how to get just the basics done 
Yeah. Uh, With the ads, you can like Facebook ads or something, you can achieve scale like instantly. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Now that's awesome. I, I wanted to ask you about like how much of an edge do you think, and you don't even approximate, like, do you have in terms of pricing uh, when it comes yeah. to like, you know, on average, I've mentioned off camera, like if I'm using Printful to sell a hat on Amazon, um, let's just say on average, it's going to cost me $15 for yeah. the hat. And if my design's not digitized, it costs even more, but let's just say the design is digitized. $15 is the base cost. And yeah. I usually price about $10 higher because I know Amazon then has to dip, you know, into my pockets as well. <laughs> so I'm charging right. no less than like 25 bucks a hat. And I, I charge shipping on top of that. So like, how, how badly could you crush me in terms of like margins? Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it, uh, we could just totally annihilate you. Uh, but no, it, like since we own, like literally we own the machines, we, you know, we, we have 40, 50,000 hats in the building that like inventory that we can put things on. Um, so we get the hats much cheaper than anyone else does because of the amount that we buy. Um, so uh, we, we, we could, you know, our margins would be much different than yours because, you know, I'm, I'm paying employees to make the hat and then depending on how we end up doing fulfillment through Amazon, you know, whatever the cut is there, but yeah, our, our you know, we would just obliterate you, I think, um, in yeah. terms of margins, but it, at, at that point, like if I, if I go to the marketplace and I see people are selling hats for 25, $30, I'm still going to sell a hat for 25 or $30 too. Like, why wouldn't I, you know? Like I wouldn't go in and undercut you at fifteen dollars a hat because it's just stupid. It it devalues the product too. Um, so that yeah, <laughs> I've seen hat shops do that before. Like on Amazon, they do let people just jump on the listings, and I've definitely yep. uh, I've seen it, and I've just been like, that no, sucks. you know, it's well, killing me. <laughs> I mean, we go up against that. Like, so all of our business comes from online advertising, and at this point, referrals and word of word of mouth is a big deal too because we've got thirty thousand customers, but. Uh, all of our new customers come from ads. And if you, if you click our ad, you're going to see us relentlessly until you buy something and you still see us after the fact too, but you'll also start seeing the other people that are just completely undercutting us and have like copied our website and, you know, are just saying like unrealistic things like 72 hour turnaround times. And it's like, yeah, that's going to work out real good once the, the ads start scaling. Um, but then, uh, you know, they're trying to charge half as much as we are, which we actually had a price increase, uh, a couple of months ago for the first time, even since COVID. Um, so like, we're not even, I mean, we're the cheapest in the terms of how big we are. Like, if you go look at like the Vista prints or the custom ink of the world, we're much cheaper than those guys. But when you look at like a mom and pop shop or like these small guys, like under us running ads too, in the same space, we're just a little bit more expensive, not a lot. But our process and the amount of automation that's here and how easy it is to get from ordering to getting custom hat in your hand, it's worth the, the price. And that's why we stick to our pricing that we did you know, after this, up, this most recent update. Um, and that's why we're so much better than the competitions because we are literally the easiest, the fastest, and the highest quality place to get hats online. And kind of going back to the subject of relying on someone else to do the fulfillment of that, if we weren't owning the process from start to finish ourselves, I couldn't confidently say that because I don't know what the third party is sending out. I don't know if the person is actually that happy after they get the product because I didn't do it. You know, we can always mm -hmm. touch base after the fact and get a survey or results like after they receive the product. But it's very scary to know that you're not actually owning the end product that you're selling, especially if you're trying to do this as a long-term thing. Yeah. Um, that's, that's 
that's what I think about it. All valid points. Nobody can deny what you just said is true, you know? And plus yeah. like, you know, things go out of inventory and sometimes, you know, it's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. What do you do? You know, what do you like, what do you do? Of course, like I'm dealing with some of that right now. It just comes with the territory. I offer a bunch of different yeah. SKUs and uh, you know, it's like sometimes there's a new color of something I know is already a good, like a bestseller available. I'll add the new color next thing yeah. you know, that's like the first one out of stock and you know, um, so yeah, it comes with its ups and downs, you know what I mean? It, doing it my way versus right. yours. Um, yeah. I wanted to ask you if you don't mind sharing, like, what is it like? I don't need to know like exact details on like how to, how to do your own fulfillment for a hat. But like when you mentioned like of going from like w- fulfilling one order to an order of 100, yeah. like I was also curious, like how much harder is it to do one versus 100 or is there like some software based yeah. solution or something like that or well, just a nice machine based? It's machine. Yeah. So, you know, whenever I was doing, when I got that hundred hat order, all I had was a single head embroidery machine, which is literally a machine. Like that only does one head at a time. And then I'm like, well, if I spend $40,000, I can go get a six head embroidery machine, which is 13 feet long. It's got to go in the garage and it can do six hats at a time. So a typical hat, you know, 7,000 to 10,000 stitches and the machine runs at 700 stitches per minute. It's going to take like 10 minutes per run and 10 minutes times hundred is a lot of minutes. I divide that by six because you can do six at a time. It frees up a lot of time for me. You know, I can get that order done in a couple hours versus a couple days. So the, the math really starts to make sense to buy the machine and then start finding those bigger orders because you can make so much more money with your, because at, at that time, it's just me. So my time is worth money and how can I best utilize my time to make as much of it? And getting the big machine was the answer to that. Um, but also with getting the more orders in the system comes with more having to interact with people, more artwork set up, more designs that need to be done. And you quickly run into a spot where you've got too much work that you can't possibly do yourself. And that's where delegation comes in hand. Like you find an outsource, either you, like you outsource customer service to someone to help or you outsource artwork set up for someone to help. When you think about just doing it yourself and continuing to do it yourself, you can still do it yourself at your house and outsource to other places or other people, even people working from home remotely for you uh, to do those other tasks. So you are still home-based, but you have help. So there's lots of ways to scale uh, beyond just, you know, you're still you in your house doing it in your spare time, but you have help to allow you to scale it beyond just what's possible with one person. That's what I would do. You know, if I was going to start an e-commerce thing, especially if, and if I wasn't owning production, I'd find a great partner to do the work that I trust. And then I would start finding the help to do customer service and artwork and all that stuff. And so I could focus on just the growth and the oversight of all of that to make sure that stuff's going right. Yeah. I love the answer. And uh, I guess I had two questions. The first is like, where would you look? Cause I'm sure somebody's is following and they're like, all right, but where do I look to find the right people? And then the second question is which car did you have to sell to get the six head machine? <laughs> Funny enough, when that six head machine was delivered, I was in the hospital with my first kid being born. And uh, I actually sold my 2015 M3 <laughs> like a week later. Uh, bummer. Uh, but uh, I freaking miss that car. I love that car. It was amazing card um but uh what was it what was the other question it i can't was, stop uh, thinking sorry, i'm trying to get my camera to thinking about uh oh, it was good. where do you go to hire help like the right help because that's always oh, been yeah. kind of like a pain point for a lot of people yeah and uh, man like 
around just look around you first like friends family and in your local community like my first customer service person was someone that wanted to work for me for free because she was bored and that was just like a like i don't know why or how that happened and i just i can kind of get on a tangent where things happen for a reason but that was one of those things and i keep having these moments and growing this business where it's like this shouldn't have happened but it did and there's no other way I can describe it other than just like the universe just providing what you need in that moment because you took the risk and it's paying you back. It's like because I bought $60,000 worth of machines without actually having the money to afford it and taking the risk and betting on myself, like for one, it forces me to kick my ass in gear and make sure I actually execute on this business and make money to pay for the machines. But it also, I feel like, puts some magic dust out in the air that makes uh, makes things happen. <laughs> that I Dude, I explain. love the answer. I love the answer. I, I'm, like, fighting my dog from, like, going out the window and, like, barking. <laughs> so that's why I keep, like, popping over. Dude, that's a great answer, though. And, like, it's all good. I've done enough of these interviews, and that's, like, such a common – it's not, like, super common, but it is, yeah. like, very common, man, where it's – and I feel the same it's... way about kind of my life looking backwards. I almost feel like if you're open to it, like, universe will provide. Yep. And you yeah. put in the work. That's, I mean, that's another big thing too. Like I literally was staying up till three or four in the morning every night. Like I'm not bullshitting when I say that, that was, that was what it was. And, and it was also kind of my fault because of how many freaking cars I had in my, you know, living paycheck to paycheck, you know, making six figures as a software engineer probably isn't something I should have been doing, but you know, I, I don't like, that's just how I've always been, you know, overextending and just making more to make ends meet. Uh, it's, it's how I live my life and how I, how I always have. Um, I'm not a good person to take financial advice from, but I can tell you how I did it. <laughs> no, man, your story is super impressive. And um, while I don't know how many people can relate to uh, being like a super, super like top 1% software engineer, I'm going to just venture a guess that, that that probably encapsulates your ability. Um, and then, you know. Oh, no, dude, I'm not. I'm not good. Oh, come on. I'm not good. No, no. I, uh, I, 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 always, I always say my, my coding is like meat and potatoes code. Uh, I get around other developers, but they're so like, and everyone like, like in, in like the coding industry, it, everyone just makes everything so unnecessarily complicated. Like all of these freaking language, like packages on top of packages and like all these JavaScript frameworks. And it's like, dude, like code has worked completely fine for a long time. This doesn't need to be this complicated. So like, if you look at my code, that's operating our site is very basic. And it's actually kind of hard to find someone to help me on it because they're so they're trained in this in the newer stuff where it's so complicated and it's doing everything for them that the person doesn't even actually know how the code yeah, yeah, working. Good point. Like, yeah, yeah. So a million it, frameworks it, are imported, and it, then it's just like ten function calls, and it's done. And like, I'm yeah. the same way, dude. But I was only a, like, I was a web developer, paid to be a front end. I could do back end, and like, dude, I would be yeah. like interviewing people for the company I worked at, and like, people didn't know like the basics. I'm just like. Yeah. It just didn't yeah, make it feel good. I don't the know. Fact that, the fact that a JavaScript developer now, which that's what, basically what you are, doesn't know HTML and CSS, yeah. and they're using JavaScript frameworks to build front-end web, web applications, just blows my mind. Like, it's it's crazy. So, yeah, we're, we operate C-sharp, and it's like an ASP.NET ASP MVC application. Lots of JavaScript calling controllers that call the database, and it's just that, rinse and repeat. So... Yeah, I, 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 the that's. I mean, we can we can kind of get we can get on that whole subject too. Like, learning how to code is such a valuable 
thing and you can do it with just youtube youtube videos um so so such a valuable skill i agree but it's going to send people away from from our channels right so we got to stay on (laughs) we got to stay on point right (laughs) i I was going to ask you man like what can because uh what can they expect on your channel right that's going to be plugged at the top i might i might link directly to the video that i think youtube put on my homepage, which is i'm guessing your most popular with almost twenty thousand views like yeah our other our newer videos are way better than that one though it's so it's it's so stressful that you know you put so much time and effort into the new videos rehashing the story that's better than that one and people just keep going back to that one but maybe the maybe the rawness and the badness of the video is what makes people like it better but uh no my channel i i want this to be like obviously it's going to be entrepreneurial based but i want to talk about code i want to talk about why people should go i want to talk about you know how i grow my business and how and i want to be showing people as I'm growing my business, how I'm doing it, what's going on, what's stressful. I'm a piece of shit. I'm not some crazy, hyper successful guy. I'm still very middle class. We've done $10 million in revenue, but profit wise, I've reinvested it all back in the business. I mean, I make a decent living now. I make a little bit more than I did as a software engineer, but I'm not freaking rolling in the dough, showing all these stacks of cash, like all these other $10 million entrepreneurs do on the internet. Like that's, that's not real life. And I want to create a channel that is the real side of the story and real life. And it kind of sucks because that isn't, is what's sexy and gets what what's get, gets views. But I know in the long haul and the more I do this and the more true I am to it and the more I share, I, the, the audience will grow and it'll be an audience that actually cares um, versus people that are just there to see money, clout, asses and cars. So that's, that's, that's the audience I want. That's who, and if you're one of those people, um, I've got a car and, uh, a wife and two kids and a house and a you dog. You got the car. We know that. You got the Lamborghini. I don't, yeah, I, I don't <laughs> got, I don't got the uh, prop money to show, to show you, but, uh, I'm going to continue to grow. And the bigger this thing gets, the more doors open and the more things and opportunities that we're working on. We're in an 8,400 square foot right building right now. Um, I'm working on closing on our 64,000 square foot warehouse that we're moving into. And we're looking at how do we start doing fulfillment for, um, like YouTubers where it's not print on demand, where we're doing more of an inventory base for pickpacking and shipping for them. So mm-hmm. the quality is there. And that's, that's a big part with print on demand is the quality is not there. Um, I could go on a whole tangent about print on demand with shirts and hats, but we'll save that for a different, different video, I guess. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that, that, there's so much, so much opportunity out there for what, with what we do. Um, and I still think we're very much still at the ground level. Um, so it's, it, that, that's going to be my channel. Just come join us for the ride. And I'm the launch dude. We're launching into space. There you go. <laughs> hey, that's a great, launch. it's a great pitch. And like uh, the transparency, people tell me they love the transparency. Like, I hope that they love your transparency, but we know yeah. it's an uphill fight because people almost don't want to be reminded that when someone sells $10 million of product that, you know, maybe 5% of it was profit or something oh. like that. And then it was stretched over five years. Right. And ultimately it was, yeah, like you don't want to see how much money. Wants to know. Yeah. You don't want to <laughs> yeah. see how much money we've paid Facebook and Google to make that $10 million. Yeah. It's disgusting how much money they make <laughs> running ads. <laughs> just roll, roll the profits into like Facebook and Google, or sorry, meta, meta and Google stock. Right. And, uh, that's the, that's the key right there. Yeah. yeah. Align your interests with, uh, the interests Gosh. of the people who really run the world and then you can't go wrong. Right. Yeah. <laughs> seriously. 
Cool. Well, um, I do appreciate your time. We tried a couple of times to get together to do this and I'm glad we finally got yeah. to sit down. Uh, keep doing what you're doing on your channel. Like I'm a subscriber. Love the work. Uh, great editor, by the way, too. Just saying. Oh, uh, thanks. Puts me yeah, to shame. Chris. Um, anything Chris, else you want to plug? Good. Uh, yeah, I guess. Uh, well, Chris Conrad, he's uh, kind of, it's a really quick, funny story. Um, so he had a series that he did a couple of years ago, a few years ago, like as I started my business, I was watching his videos about his print on demand business where he was creating and selling like custom hot custom socks and canvases online. And he, he does a really good job. Like he tells really great stories. He's the one that's editing and producing my videos now. Um, but I actually reached out to him. I'm like, Hey dude, I want you to partner with me and show me how to run these ads on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Cause I know I've got this thing that would blow up and he never responded to me. And fast forward three, four years later, I, I emailed him, which I should have emailed him the first time instead of DMing him. So no, no one sees DMs. Um, yep. And he immediately responds to my email. And I'm like, oh, okay. But him not responding to me back then when I first started made me figure it out on my own and do it myself, which made me a better, you know, more valuable, more skills person. And now full circle, he's editing and producing videos of me and my journey to hopefully inspire and help someone else like he inspired me back then. So it's kind of crazy cool full circle there. Um, he's an awesome guy. He's an amazing storyteller. And uh, hopefully you guys like the the videos on my channel because he's helped me, helped me do it. Awesome. Well, that's going to be linked at the top of the description. I'll also drop you a link to um, hat launch and shirt launch, right? Yep. Yep. Just making sure. Cause I know there's a uh, very similar yeah. name. I won't name the other similar company, but uh, <laughs> very similar uh, domain. So there's a video on my channel about that one too. Nice. Okay. Well, I'm, I'm gonna have to check that one out, but um, Robert, man, thank you for taking time to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Mm -hmm.